The epistle reading today is from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers, day and night. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing, appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I'm sure he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
See that? <laughs> it's a, a video. I don't even know who made it. A video that reminds us in our sort of, um, you know, we live in a very siloed world, a world where we all separate into little groups, and so often we spend more time looking at our phones than looking at one another or hiding behind screens or not really engaging community. Here in the Christian tradition, the table is one of our most central images, the image of the body of Christ gathered around a table. We know, of course, that when Jesus ate at table with his disciples, it was not everybody who was of, uh, you know, perfect discipleship or people who had, uh, you know, never let Jesus down or totally got the gospel or did everything right. In fact, one was there that would, of course, betray Jesus, but still he gathered everybody around tables. In the ancient Near East, there is an obligation toward hospitality. In our scriptures and in the Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, the, the scriptures tell us over and over and over and over again to welcome the, the widow, widow, the alien, and the orphan, that anybody in your midst, invite them into the table because that is, uh, that is what God would call us to do. We want no one to be at risk of hunger or of thirst. I am reminded of a, a friend of mine who, um, who uh, had, had a little falling out with a, a, a friend of his when he was in school, and they were of Armenian descent, and his father would not let him end that friendship because they had broken bread together. And once you break bread together, you are family. This, uh, this passage or this uh, video today reminds us of that sort of breaking down of d- divides, that was breaking down of walls and inviting people behind our closed doors into a place of communion and fellowship with one another. Certainly that is 
uh, World Communion Sunday as a Sunday that started in about, I think, 1933, so right in between uh, the end of the First World War and before the Second World War broke out as a reminder uh, that Christians ought never be on the other side (laughs) of a war with one another, that we are together united in Christ, and we know that that is easier said than done. We have experienced that here in this church, the difficulty of what it means to be community for one another and how do we honor those, those bonds that hold us together. I almost used the words threads, but it's more than that because in Christ we are bound together. And yet it's so hard. It's so hard to be community for one another. It's so hard to remember that we are to honor one another with peace and love and compassion when our barriers go up, when we decide to to follow our own instincts rather than the instinct of Christ. The passage that was read to you from 2 Timothy today, um, I love that it begins, of course, it's it's, uh, attributed to Paul, a pastoral letter to Timothy, a leader in the early church, Um, And he begins by reminding Timothy of his grandmother in faith, of Eunice and Lois, of those who have taught and nurtured the faith. And then he reminds them, reminds Timothy to rekindle the gift that is within him, to remember all of those people who have nurtured you in the faith. I want to invite you to just think for a moment of all those who have nurtured you in the faith perhaps a grandmother or a grandfather or a friend, somebody who sat in these pews or somebody who uh, uh, is maybe even still sitting in the pews with you, to be mindful of those who have entrusted you with this gift and to not let it fall to our dissensions and our arguments and our tensions, but rather to let that be rekindled, to always keep that that fire of God's grace burning within us. Wesley and others referred to coming to Christ's table as a means of grace, a means of sort of reminding us of God's love for us, of being filled with that love. When we celebrate communion, we we typically use the words of the great thanksgiving, which are words that are said in churches around the world. If we were to go to St. Francis uh, or our Lutheran neighbors across the street or any one of those around the world or our Catholic brothers and sisters, they would say something very similar. It's a way of sort of putting us into the whole tradition around these words so that we remember that we are one. And if you were to go to uh, any, any one of these churches around the world and you joined in the great thanksgiving, it would feel familiar to you because you would, you would know that you are a part of that body of Christ. When you receive communion, we always, uh, you know, you, you receive one. The gift, the gift is offered to you. Uh, And then when you receive that bread and that cup and you say amen, it is the completion of the sacrament. It is that you receive that body and blood of Christ and you receive it in communion with everybody else that is here and everybody else around the world as a way of saying that we are one in Christ, that we come to Christ's table not because we are perfect, not because we have resolved all of our issues, not because we have 
been made perfect in love, but because we are seeking to follow in and be Christ's community. Today we are celebrating communion, and as you come forward, I invite you to remember all of those who have brought you to this table. I invite you to remember all of those tables in your life where you have been blessed, where you have been fed and nurtured. And I invite you to to be thinking of all those who are yet at this table that we might bring into communion with Christ and with one another. And then as you receive the elements, to say amen, that you receive this, that you receive it into your body, that you might become the body of Christ. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this incredible gift that you have given us. Help us, God, to rekindle it daily. To know that your love is yet burning within our hearts. That your call is yet speaking to us. Help us, God, to break down the barriers that divide us and to live in peace and fellowship with one another. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.